Hi, friends, it's Vin Scully. It's time for Dr. Clapper. In sports, there's winning and losing and getting injured. That's why there's Dr. Clapper. Dr. Clapper is the former head of orthopedic surgery at Cedar sinai The Weekend Warrior Show with Dr. Clapper, presented by Cedar sinai Hey, Dr. Clapper. How are you? Saturday mornings from 7 to 9. Silence is golden when you can't think of a good answer. <laughs> yes, Doc, I love your show. Now, here he is, Dr. Robert Clapper. Good morning, Los Angeles, and welcome to another edition of the Weekend Warriors Show. I'm your host, Dr. Robert Clapper. I'm an orthopedic surgeon at Cedar sinai for 31 years. Wow. That's a lot. (laughs) I've still been operating. The main ORs are closed, but I've been doing a ton of anterior cruciate ligament surgeries. I'm going to tell you a little bit about surgery yesterday and the special tools that I use. Just ordered a new tray from Europe. Why would I be needing tools from Europe? A little later in the show, I'll explain. Today's topic is going to be a special one for me because I can't help thinking about Kobe Bryant. Yeah, the anniversary was this week of his passing. And that's just been on my mind. So I'm dedicating today's show to Kobe, to the Mamba Center. My guest at 815 calling in from the Hospital for Special Surgery in New York is an expert on Little League baseball players and their elbow. She just wrote a fascinating paper about Little League baseball pitchers because in Little League, They don't stand on a pitcher's mound like they do in Major League Baseball. The fact that Clayton Kershaw is throwing his pitch from an elevated spot above where the batter is standing gives that ball even more velocity. But what does that do to the elbow? Maybe that has something to do with all the Tommy John surgeries, all the elbow injuries and shoulder injuries we see. And all these years we've been thinking, hey, maybe if in Little League they're not up on a mound, there'll be less stress on that elbow, less stress on the shoulder. That's what we've always thought. Well, leave it to Dr. McElhaney to figure out that actually the stresses on the elbow and the shoulder are no different with or without a mound. And at 8.15, we'll get into it, because let me tell you something, there is an epidemic, not only for elbow injuries, needing ligament and Tommy John surgery in major league baseball players, but in college players and now high school players. We've got to figure out how to protect kids in sports. Today's topic is one thing, Kids are not small adults. They're not. You have to treat them differently. You have to play differently. You can't see the elbow in a kid like an elbow in an adult. And you know how much I love the world of art, the world of sports, the world of surgery. It made me think all week. Kids are not small adults in art, in sports, and in surgery. That's today's topic. So where in sports do we understand this 
idea that kids are not small adults. Well, it's actually in the life of Kobe Bryant. He himself, a kid playing basketball, came into the NBA at age 17 and leaves us as a father and as the creator of the Mamba Center. Wait till you hear these sound bites I have of Snoop Dogg talking about Kobe as a father. Kenny the Jet Smith talking about the Mamba Center because he himself has an AAU league. He uses the Mamba Center 12 times a month. These guys saw Kobe for what he was, was a trailblazer in the whole idea of Little League, that kids are different. They're not small adults. Well, what about in the art world? My favorite young guitar player, young, he's now 40 years old, but when I first saw him at the Wiltern Theater 20 years ago, 25 years ago, he was a 15-year-old kid named Johnny Lang. Johnny Lang's now 40, and he's got five kids himself. But you're going to hear it from a kid, Johnny Lang, what it was like to play as a kid, and now what's it like to play as the father of five kids and how he's coaching, like Kobe, co coaching Gigi and many, many others in that world of Little League, knowing firsthand what it was like to be a kid in a grown-up world in their endeavor. In art, in music, it's Johnny Lang. In sports, it's going to be Kobe Bryant. And later we'll get into the effects in surgery and how we have to treat kids differently than a small adult. Clapper Vision's going to be about Patrick Mahomes. He's got turf toe. And wait till you hear what they put inside his shoe to help him get through the Super Bowl and even this last playoff game. And we'll get into that a little bit later when the clinic will be open. The number is 877-710-ESPN. Can't wait to do some Clapper Clappervision with you, especially about Patrick Mahomes and his turf toe, which is more important than that concussion that he went through. But if I was a betting man, don't ever bet against Tom Brady. That's just a preview of what I think is going to happen in the Super Bowl. But let's get right into kids are not small adult adults. Let's get into the life and times of Kobe Bryant. First, let's hear from Snoop Dogg. Let's go to number one. Still trying to process it. Um, dear friend of mine, loved his whole transformation, how he became great. You know, when he first got to L.A., he wasn't great. He was a kid, and he was learning, and he was making mistakes. And I was a kid at the same time, so it was like it was beautiful watching his story and watching mine and watching him become a legend, and become a father, and become a mentor, and become a real leader. So it crushed my heart because I knew that he wasn't done. This is Snoop Dogg appearing with Skip Bayless and Shannon Sharp on Undisputed on courtesy of Fox Sports. But this is fascinating to me to listen to the perspective of Kobe Bryant himself as a kid, but ultimately becoming a father from the perspective of Snoop Dogg, Shannon Sharp, and Skip Bayless. Number two. I just spoke with him at Puffy's 50th birthday party. He was telling me about some of the things that he was working on and where his mind was as far as like being comfortable with retirement and just finding happiness with his daughters and finding that peace with being 
other than the basketball player. And that just crushed me because to see that, you know, it just hurt. I'm still hurt right now as, as we speak, Scott. And I'm hurt a year later, and we all are. Number three. That man meant a lot to us. Whether we competed against him, whether we played for him, played with him, his spirit, just the dog in him, just being the mama, that created the spirit of to attack because it got too friendly at a certain point. The game was too friendly, and he made it about competition. It's about winning. And that's what it's always been about with him. Mm. And Snoop Dogg spoke to the players. Everybody wanted to just be comforted by each other. Well, Uncle Snoop is the uncle to many of the NBA players. Number four. Yes, I spoke with a lot of players because naturally they hit me because I'm like their uncle. I'm like Uncle Snoop. Yeah. So they calling me to make sure I'm all right, but then at the same time they need advice, they need wisdom, they need guidance on how, to, how do we deal with this. And I really don't know what to say because I'm trying to deal with it, but at the same time I got to be strong and I got to give them the information that I feel like Kobe would have gave them. He would say, keep pushing, keep going. Because he was a dog. He was never a quitter. So he would want y'all to keep rolling. And I love this guy, Shannon Sharp. Listen to him talk about Kobe. He's a member of our family. But most importantly, that transformation again from being a kid to becoming a father in the world of sports. Number five. I said it felt like a family member had passed. Mm. Because you watch a 17-year-old kid when become a champion, become a husband, become a father, and then he transitioned after 20 years in the NBA and he goes to a new phase of his life. And it seems that he was going to be as successful in the new phase as he was in the old. And, you know, sometimes we just think a guy like Kobe, we expect him to live forever. We expect him to be 85, 90, he gets old, goes to sleep one night, doesn't wake up. Guy, they're not supposed to die like this, fool. Hmm. And now listen to Snoop Dogg talk about a gift. I've got a 63 Corvette. I love this car. Well, it turns out Snoop Dogg loves Chevys as well. And he had a gift for Kobe, a 64 Chevy. He was going to give him as a gift. But the interaction that Snoop Dogg has with his son, his son wasn't listening to him, but his son listened to what he said through Kobe Bryant. This is extremely touching. Number six. That was the most exciting part of me seeing him show up to games and roll with his daughter and be the father. Right. The, the, when you become a father, that's the most beautiful gift you can get in this world, to be able to have that relationship with your kids. Right. It was when he retired, I had him come to my um, spot in Inglewood because I wanted to give him a gift. A gift to me with my six-fold Chevrolet. I gave it to him. I wanted him to have it. 6'4 Chevrolet. God bless you, Snoop. But listen to how he uses Kobe to speak to his son. Beautiful. Number seven. But when he came to see me, me and my son was in the studio and he was talking to my son and the information he was giving my son was so, it was like a teacher. And I, it was the same stuff that I had told my son, but he didn't hear me the way he heard him. It's, it's funny how that works. It was so much confirmation. Yes that I needed from Kobe to come in and, and mentor my son at that time because he had made the decision not to play football right. and to try other things in right. life. And Kobe gave him the confirmation that whatever you do, just be great at what you do. Right. I never thought of this before, but Snoop Dogg is right. You know how Kobe, you know how we know how great he was? That even his enemies loved him. Number eight. He was the type of athlete that 
even the enemies loved him. Yes. Like, and that's hard to say because when you compete and you don't really like the person that you're up against, but it was something about his drive that made the enemy respect his drive because he never gave up and he always went at him. Right. And, and I'm just so hurt, but I'm so happy that his legacy will live on through people like us and, and we putting shows together to, to keep his name and yep. keep his spirit going in the righteous way. And I think the NBA should change that logo to him. Yeah, he's going to work on doing that. Those are sound bites relatable to the transformation of Kobe Bryant from just a kid himself playing in a man's world. But the next level, what Kenny the Jet Smith appreciates, this is from TNT, is the next level, is recognizing that the Mamba Center was Kobe recognizing in kids and how they should be nurtured. The kids are not small adults. This is just beautiful. Listen to Kenny Smith talk about Kobe and the Mamba Center, number nine. But for me, living in Los Angeles, I have an AAU program, Aim High. We practice at the Mamba Center. So I'm in the Mamba Center 12 times a month. We play every other weekend at the Mamba Center. You, the, the, the hill that he, uh, the fatality with he and the, and the other passengers is the hill that we run up. My, my son KJ Malloy, we run up that hill. I, well, they run, I jog, <laughs> and they, and, you know, up that hill to get in shape. It's the same hill, so. Hmm. Again, let's listen to Kenny talk about this transition, this transformation, but the importance that Kobe saw in that kids are not small adults. Number 10. I was, I was devastated when my daughter Kayla called me and told me, because I, I, first thing I thought of was him as a family man, because that's what I'm seeing. I, I didn't think Lakers, honestly. I didn't think basketball. I was like, this guy's going to the Mamba Center because there's a tournament there this weekend that I know about. Yeah. And, he, and every soccer mom, every soccer dad could understand that relationship that he's doing. Our carpool is a minivan. His was a helicopter. Mm. Our carpool was a minivan. His, his carpool was a helicopter. He's transformed into a coach for kids, bestowing on them his knowledge that at your age, you do it for fun. Later, it becomes a business, but not now. And don't ruin the experience. Number 11. He's on his way to coach, which is another responsibility. Here's a guy who, it was all about Kobe for all of his life. And we were seeing a transition that he was putting his family and his daughters up front. You know, so when we saw the pictures of, of Gigi, yeah. we knew her because he was putting them up front because they had been in the background so long. So it just, as a, as a dad and as a, as a family man, that's my first, and I, my first reaction was what was Vanessa thinking and possibly doing. It's the routines he was implementing, number 12. Because that is the routine that every soccer dad, soccer mom does. Saturday, Sunday, you drive and you carpool to these tournaments and you're only doing it, not the hope that your daughter or your son is gonna be in the NBA or you're doing it with the hope that you have a memory with your kids. He bought a, you think about this, he bought a, a gymnasium an hour and a half from where he lives. You think Kobe Bryant needs to buy a gymnasium in Thousand Oaks? No, 
to make money? No. No. It's to make memories. Memories with your kids. Number 13. You think Kobe Bryant needs to have a tournament for girls called the Mamba Series? No, he's doing it to spend moments with his daughter. And then he takes on the responsibility of all of those other kids. Because as we soccer dads, Shaq knows, D-Wade, you know, now your daughter didn't play Charles, but we, we're in that environment. We're going like, if you're coaching that team, everyone says, oh, he's coaching. No, he had to call everyone to get on that chopper. He had to say what time we're going to meet, call the other parents. Oh, by the way, we're wearing our black uniforms. It can be draining for a guy who's Kobe Bryant. But he took the challenge and said, no, I'm going to be, my mama mentality makes me a dad first. He understood the difference between a kid playing sports and an adult. And finally, number 14. He makes me a dad first. And I'm going to show you how to be a dad. I'm going to be just as aggressive as being a dad. And that was the transition that I never said until even now. I was like, I'm admiring in this dude, like his transition into fatherhood yeah. and, you know, and just being retired and it, it just hurts. And that's what we all can relate to what he was doing and why he was doing it. And it, and it hurts. It is different when you play sports, when you do art, when you take care of kids like I do, orthopedically. If they say their elbow hurts, adults don't have growth plates. You're not still grown as an adult. You gotta think differently. There's a difference in every way, physically, emotionally. I want you to hear it from someone who went through it. In the world of art, the great Johnny Lang. Maybe we'll listen to Lie to Me, Steve Paulette, in the transition. But I want you to hear the difference between a kid versus a adult talk about playing the guitar. It's just like Kobe playing basketball. Coming up next on the Weekend Warriors Show here on 710 ESPN. Holy emoji, clap man. Weekend Warriors on Facebook. Holy slip disc. That's right, Robin. Hear listeners talk about their aches and pains. Holy hamstrings. Along with Doc's clapper vision. Breathe deeply. And advice to callers. On your toes, Robin. So like, follow, and enjoy. A wise decision. The Weekend Wear Facebook page. Frankly, I can think of nothing more stimulating. Going on, it's Max. You know there's no better way to start your Saturday morning than with my friend Dr. Clapper and the Weekend Warrior Show. What's going on, L.A.? This is Kobe Bryant. Where do you live, Dave? I live in Sherman Oaks. Start your weekend off right, listening to the Weekend Warrior Show with Dr. Clapper. I need you to schlep. That's a medical term. Every Saturday morning from 7 to 9 a.m. <laughs> on ESPN. 710, home of your Los Angeles Lakers. Welcome back, Weekend Warriors. 15-year-old kid singing like a 40-year-old. 
His name is Johnny Lang, and I got to see him as a 15-year-old on stage. It blew me away. Where did he get the depth? He's just a kid. He doesn't know anything about life. He's a prodigy. Well, now he's 40 and a father himself. And I find it fascinating when he sat down to give an interview to talk about the difference between being a kid versus a father. I just love it when he says in the beginning, he played the guitar for fun. That's really all kids should be doing, playing for fun. But then you got that little league father, you got that little league mother, that little league coach who thinks that they're superstars already. Leave them alone. Let them play for fun. There's a difference between throwing a ball and pitching a ball. I'm here to tell you, and we learned from Stan Conti, the great trainer for the Dodgers for many years. Throw the ball with your kid. Don't pitch the ball or let them pitch it. There's a difference between the injuries that you get. You ain't getting an injury just throwing the ball, but you will get one if you pitch. The most important thing you can tell your kids is the pitch count. The growth plate at the elbow can only handle so many pitches. And when you exceed that, that's when the trouble starts, even in junior high school kids. The epidemic is real. And we'll get into it at 8.15 with Dr. Kathy McElhaney to talk about Tommy John and elbow injuries in kids. And I can't wait to talk to you about food, by the way. Oh, my God. You will feel like a kid again when you go to this place. It's got the best chili dog in Los Angeles, and it's been around since the 1950s. How did I learn about it? I learned about it from Yule Hauser. And as soon as I saw this episode, I got into my car 20 years ago. And I rode to this place. Well, I went there this week just because. I put it on Twitter. If you want to know ahead of time where the place is, you can see that. But I'll tell you a little bit later in the show. My mouth is watering already. Oh, my God. And when my wife asked me, what you do for lunch today? I, it's not lying when you don't give the full answer. I said, uh, I had a cheese. I went to, I went to this place. She said, what you have? I said, I had a cheeseburger. What else? I said, I had French fries. And that to her was the end of the conversation of what I had for lunch. What I neglected to do is tell her the other things that I continued to have. <laughs> it's not lying. I just didn't finish the whole answer, but it was okay because she was done figuring that lunch is a cheeseburger and french fries. What more could you be eating? Well, I ate a chili dog. (laughs) Because this place has the best chili dog in Los Angeles. A little later, I'll tell you what it is, where it is. But let's get into Johnny Lang. Steve Paulette, let's go right to number nine. I want you to listen to him being interviewed about being a kid in an adult world, in the world of music. Let's go to number eight. I definitely don't want to 
force them to, to play music or anything like that. These are um, his kids. So we'll see what happens with them. They're so <laughs> they're so funny. You know, our oldest are almost six years old. So uh, any instrument you hand them, they they treat it like a drum anyway. So <laughs> they don't. Uh, you know, we'll see. We'll see what happens. But they love music. You know, they love to sing and stuff. And he was introduced to music. He's a farm boy from South Dakota. But his dad took him once to hear a blues band. He grew up listening to music, but he drove him to see live music because he had a buddy in the band, his father, and listened to how it mesmerized Johnny Lang. Number four. I had never really known what, you know, I guess like American Roots music was, like blues music and, uh, in particular. And um, uh, my dad took me out to see a concert um, some guys he was friends with uh, in our hometown. And um, it was my uh, first time seeing that, that kind of music. They were a blues band. And uh, the guitar player, the sound coming out of his amp was just something I'd never heard before. And it just freaked me out. And I just said to myself, I have got to learn how to make a guitar sound like that. You know, Like I said, just that sound, I mean, you know, I don't know any other way to explain it. Um, it was so raw and emotional, and it just hit something inside of me. Uh, it it was exciting for me because I had always known that I wanted to be a singer um, and be involved in music somehow. But when I f saw these guys play and, and heard it and saw that, this is the level of emotion that you can have with it. It, it just made me excited. Like I could, I think I could do that. You know. He's a kid falling in love with a guitar, like Kobe falling in love with the basketball as a kid. Like all of us, falling in love with what ultimately becomes our passion, but we're still just a kid. Number six. Remembering back on it's kind of a just a blur, uh, but I just remember that it was fun. <laughs> you know, I was getting to mm -hmm. live my dream. You know, um, from an early age, and you know the feeling of having your parents support you doing something like that when you're young and uh, is incredible in itself. And then as the years have gone by, it's still realizing, man, I get to make my living playing music. Number seven. You know, now I have children and a family and I still get to play music for a living and uh, that's the livelihood of, of my family. To, to be able to do that in this world, I feel very, you know, fortunate, um, obviously, and you know, blessed to be able to do that. But being a kid in the adult world, this kid has his first song as a hit. He's 13 years old. That's not normal. I love when he says, I was just doing it for fun. That's exactly the way it should be in sports, in art. You fall in love first. You do it just for fun. You're just a kid. Number nine. When you get put into a world of just uh, adult culture uh, at, as a 13-year-old, um, you know, that's, that's pretty quick to grow up for, for just about anybody, especially in the U.S. 
uh, it's different. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, but at the time, it was, it was great, you know, it was fun. But all these years later, the success that Kobe had, just like Kenny Smith says, he now creates a Mamba Center to pay it forward, to guide other young kids and remind them that it's fun, but make a place for them that's safe. Listen to Johnny Lang say the same thing. Now he's looking to teach others. What a beautiful transformation and transition. Number 10. I look at music much differently now than I think I did then. Then it was something fun uh, for me, you know, something I enjoyed. And, uh, and I think over the years, it's kind of shifted to something that uh, maybe could be used to help other people too, and, and not just be for me. In sports, I love hearing LeBron James talk about playing in Cleveland now and what a treat it is for him because he gets to go back to see, yeah, his family, but more importantly, he gets to go back to the school, those promised schools that he started. That's the beauty of what Kobe did with the Mamba Center. It's the beauty of what Johnny Lang is doing now and what we all should be doing. We've had a career. It's time to pay it forward. Coming up next, I'm going to take you into the operating room because a couple of rotator cups I fixed this week, they tear differently. And as an artist, which I am, a sculptor, the pattern with which a tendon tears, they don't all tear the same way. And you've got to be able as a surgeon to fix them differently depending on how the rip is. Take your shirt right now, rip it. You'll see it rips horizontal, it rips vertical, it rips diagonally. Well, as a surgeon, I got to be able to fix them differently depending on the pattern that they tore. I'll explain that more. We'll get into the rotated cuff in your shoulder. The number is 877-710-ESPN. You're listening to the one and only Weekend Warriors show here on 710 ESPN. Weekend Warriors on Facebook. Didn't you get the memo? Quickly hear Clapper's crazy kitchen stories. Easily find different callers' aches and pain issues. Right, I get it. Search Weekend Warrior in the search bar and click on Doc's picture. Who are you again? Voila! Like, follow, and enjoy the Weekend Warrior Facebook page. It's Keyshawn in the morning. My man, Dr. Clapper, and the Weekend Warrior Show starts your Saturday morning. Join the Doc from 7 to 9 a.m. What's going on, L.A.? This is Kobe Bryant. Oh, my God. That's amazing. Start your weekend off right. Listening to the Weekend Warrior Show with Dr. Clapper. Google the Guggenheim. Every Saturday morning from 7 to 9 a.m. on ESPN. 710, home of your Los Angeles Lakers. Welcome back, Weekend Warriors. You're listening to the great Johnny Lang, a young kid with a guitar, a prodigy, 
a Mozart with the depth of the blues. How can he sing about the blues? He's only 16 years old. He doesn't know what the blues are, but he can. And his transition from being a kid to an adult in the world of art and music amazes me. By the way, I want to give a shout out to the great Sandra Bernstein, my mother-in-law, who knows a lot about transitioning from being a kid to an adult because she ran the Heschel Day School, the admissions department. She'll be the first one to tell you, let a kid be a kid and leave him alone. God bless you, Sandra Bernstein, my mother-in-law. Love it. Love you. All right, let's do some calls. The clinic's open. The number's 877-710-ESPN. Let's go to Eric in Lake Balboa. You're on with Dr. Clapper. How can I help? Hey, Dr. Clapper. How are you? Very good, Eric. How young are you, and what do you do for a living? I am 54 years old. You caught me right at, right at Starbucks in the drive-thru, so you might, you might, you might hear me getting my, uh, my chai latte. Um, <laughs> I didn't think you'd get to me so quick. Um, anyway, no I, I own a kid. Speaking of kids, I love uh, it's a great transition. I own a kids entertainment company. Oh, there you go. And you know what it's yeah, like we, to have fun and leave them oh alone. Otherwise, I, I make a living having fun. Yes, exactly. I love it. Great. What did your father do for a living? My father owned a Shakey's pizza parlor. I grew, I grew up in a pizza parlor. Oh my God. Do you have a pizza oven at home? Uh, I do not have a pizza oven at home, but pizza still to this day is my favorite food. I, I find it the perfect food. You, you can have anything on it you want. You got the bread, you got the sauce, you got the meat, you got the vegetables, you get everything. Yesterday after surgery, I got in my car. I wanted to give myself a treat after doing a whole bunch of ACL surgeries and rotator cuff surgeries. And I drove right to Westwood and I had, I ordered an entire La Monica's Sicilian pepperoni pizza. And guess what? I'm in La Monica's on Gailey in Westwood, and I haven't seen him in 30 years. But there he is, Johnny LaMonica, right there in the store. And I went up to him. I said, John LaMonica, you look no different than you did 30 years ago. You know what? Keeps you young being in the pizza business. What a great place. All right. How can I help you, Eric? What you do to yourself? Well, I have to tell you real quick, Dr. Clubber, one of the things I love about you is your show's great. I don't, I never miss it, and I love, I love your love of food. You just got, you just got through talking about your cheeseburger and your chili dog, and now you're talking about your pizza. You're just the best. Anyway, um, <laughs> thank you, Eric. <laughs> so, um, the feeling so is was, mutual. You know what they say, Eric? As a uh, doctor, I got told this a long time ago. They hmm. say, they told me, by the end of your career, your patience. Your practice will actually reflect your personality. Because when you think about it, probably people come to see me and they're all stuck up and they don't know what pizza is. They're not going to be comfortable having me as their doctor. So after 31 years of doing this, I've got thousands of people like you, Eric, who totally (laughs) enjoy being in my company. But that's what's happened with the radio show. Listen to the people who call into the show. They can't get enough of me talking about food, about sports, about surgery. I about love it art. because my audience is a giant clapper. That's basically what it is. It, and, and, and don't forget art, your love of art. Yeah, I, yes. I just love it all. It's, it's such a well-rounded show. Okay. Thank anyway. you. All right. How can I help um, you, young man? So I'm a, I'm a skier. I've been a skier since I was seven. Uh, I was skiing last weekend, last, last mm-hmm. Friday. I went, I went up to Mammoth for the weekend. 
And on Friday, the end of the day, Friday, I, was, I wasn't even going that fast. I was going from one, like one trail, like on a little cat trail to another. And I hit, I hit some icy spot or something. I'm not exactly sure. I went straight down, head down and hit my head on a protruding rock. I was wearing a helmet as I always do. Yeah. Uh, uh, just like right down and Dr. Clapper for about 10 seconds, I couldn't feel my right side. It was terrifying. Mm. So I was laying there, and then all of a sudden the sensation started coming back, and I was like, oh, I'm going to be okay, I'm going to be okay, I'm going to be okay. Anyway, that was, that was a week ago yesterday. Um, I couldn't ski for the rest of the weekend. The guys went off without me. It was mm. very painful. It's been painful the whole time. I went to a chiropractor. I'm, trying to, I'm talking fast because I, I want to get the whole story in here. I came Monday to a chiropractor, and I have a great chiropractor. He, he took an x-ray, and he, he saw there's a couple of bulging discs and a pinched nerve. In like, I on think, an x-ray? Yeah, yeah, that's what he found on the x-ray. Like, okay, so that already makes me nervous that you got someone taking care of you who says he can see things that you and I can't see, and nobody can see. Yeah, you can see spurs. You can see uh, the space, the vertebral body between them, the disc height change. You can infer all kinds of things. But you ain't seeing disc bulges at all. No. So if that terminology is being used, as we say in New York, forget about it. Eric, oh. this is what I want you to do. Yeah. You need to get an MRI of your neck, okay? That's what okay. has to be done, period. Okay. I can send you to a neurologist. We can get all into what next to do. You don't need dye injected into your neck. You just need a regular MRI of your neck. And Steve Paulette's going to make sure that you're the first one in line at 7.30 next week or whenever you get it done, and you and I are going to go over your MRI with Clapper Vision so that I can tell you what to do. And I wouldn't be so quick to have your neck manipulated right now. You hurt okay. yourself. you got a black and blue mark. I don't need a masseuse to massage a black and blue mark. You know why? Because it hurts. It's going to turn yeah. green. It'll turn yellow. It goes away on its own. You need rest. You don't need anybody touching you right now. So forget about it. Get an MRI, and please, you and I will have a conversation next week, I hope, and you'll have the yeah. impression in front of you, and I will explain what to do next, all right? Do I need to, do I need to get a prescription for that, or can I just go anywhere yes. and, and get an MRI? You can get that chiropractor to order one, get your internist to order one, someone who's seen you, who knows you. That's who's okay. going to order it, and then you and I are going to talk about it. Great. I will call you. I'll call you next, next Saturday. Okay, next week, 730. We got a date, okay? You make sure you get it done this week. And thanks right, so Dr. much Clapper. for the kind words. You made my day, Eric. Uh, thanks, Dr. Clapper. Okay. And remember, you're a total stranger. I'm helping you. The way you can, you can thank me, Eric, is you find a total stranger today. You do something nice for them. That's how you'll be thanking me. All right, yeah. Warriors, I'll keep the clinic open. We'll, uh, we'll take some calls. We'll take a break. We'll come back. The lines are all lit up. This is what I love. This is why I do it. I worked hard all week, but I really look forward. This isn't work for me. This is a true pleasure. You're listening to the one and only Weekend Warriors Show here on 710 ESPN. Get smart. Just what are you getting at? Check out the Weekend Warrior Facebook page. Like this. Medical advice from Cedar sinai head of orthopedic surgery. Are you kidding? With a far rockaway attitude and a little drizzle of mozzarella. Well, it's important to me. Search Weekend Warrior in the space bar. Like this. And click on Doc's picture. I see. Like, follow, and enjoy the Weekend Warrior Facebook page. What do you want when you gotta eat something? And it's gotta be sweet, and it's gotta be a lot, and you gotta have it now. 
What do you want? Lip smack and whip back and patty whack and ink and knack and bill rack and scallop whack and cracker jack and boo. Big clap. Candy coated popcorn, peanuts and a prize. That's what you get in. Big clap. Hey, it's John Ireland. You know there is no better way to start your Saturday than with the man who replaced Michael Thompson's hip, Dr. Clapper and the Weekend Warrior Show, 7 to 9 a.m. Saturday mornings. What's going on, L.A.? This is Kobe Bryant. Magandan Umaga. Start your weekend off right, listening to the Weekend Warrior Show with Dr. Clapper. Cells are just tiny people. Every Saturday morning from 7 to 9 a.m. on ESPN, 710, home of your Los Angeles Lakers. Welcome back, Weekend Warriors. My Desert Island song right here. Good times. The great Niles Rogers and Sheik. Wow. It's like a heartbeat. This is exactly what your EKG looks like. Ba-boom, ba-boom, ba-boom. What a shame that the bass player passed away. He was the key to that group. Hmm, forgot his name. All right, let's let's keep the clinic open. The lines are all lit up. I can tell stories till the cows come home, and I probably will. But more importantly, to take care of you guys, the weekend warrior. Thanks so much for telling your friends and waking up early every Saturday morning to be with me. I do really appreciate it. It gives me the energy all week long, and I look forward to this show just like you do, even though I'm hosting it. How do you like that? Let's go to Lamone in Linwood. You're on with Dr. Clapper. How can I help? Good morning, doctor. Uh, How do I pronounce your first name? Ramon. R-A-M-O-N. Okay, Ramon, not Lamon. There you go, Steve Paulette. (laughs) (laughs) And how young are you? What do you do for a living, Ramon? I am 62 years old, and I'm an insurance broker here in Los Angeles area. What did your father uh, do for a living? My dad was a waiter on the Union Pacific Railroad. Get out of here. Who did he come home one day so excited because he got to meet one day? Uh, President Kennedy, John F. Kennedy. You're kidding. Yeah, John F. Kennedy traveled on the train uh, at one point. I mean, uh, I, I was a young kid when this took place. But, uh, yeah, that was his, I, I guess, famous passenger that he uh, – wow. Yeah, it doesn't get any bigger than that, in my opinion. Are you kidding me? Wow, I know know. that must have made your dad. Did you ever see your dad that excited? I mean, to this day, you probably remember the smile on his face. Well, well, you know, doctor, I'll tell you, I was very little when that took place. I was like six, so I really don't remember. I just remember hearing the story, you know, from him and my mother. Uh, and he well, would light up like a Christmas tree when he would tell that story, right? Yes, he would. <laughs> yes, I got to yes, tell you, when my when my dad when my dad discovered the Milwaukee Sawzall at the lumberyard, that for me was the John F. Kennedy moment. To see your father's face light up like that, you never forget it the rest of your life as their son. Good for you. Yeah, he- what you do to yourself? How can I help you? I tell you, doctor, this is not for me. This is for a very dear friend of mine who is listening to you right now. She is in San Diego. (laughs) 
<laughs> and uh, just a little bit about her, and I'll tell you, it's uh, we're gonna ask, I'm gonna ask you a very quick question about her knee. She is a, and she's gonna kill me for saying this. She's a 64 year old woman with the body of a 35 year old. She is wow. a true, true weekend warrior. But okay. what has happened? She, she's in great physical shape, but she's had a knee problem on the inside of her right knee. I believe okay. it is, and it's been going on for a while. And she's very athletic, you know, does a lot of things. And sometimes I think she may be uh, working a little too hard. But, you know. So, Ramon, I need you to coach her up and tell her never let anybody, I don't care whether you're in LA, San Francisco, or San Diego, no cortisone injections into her knee, no stem cells. No platelet-rich plasma. I don't want anybody sticking a needle synvisc into her knee. She needs to get an MRI. Guess what? It's going to come back saying she's got a meniscus tear. I don't want anyone operating on her knee, and I'm a surgeon telling her that. There's a book I wrote with Linda Yui called Heal Your Knees. Get her a copy. She needs okay. to read it. Learn about the pool. Learn about the bike. But first, she needs an MRI, and I'll tell her and tell you, like I just told Eric in Lake Balboa, get the MRI done. It'd be my pleasure. You'll call in with the impression of the report in front of you, and I will translate what it, it means in gobbledygook jargon and medicine to plain English with clap revision. I'll explain to her okay. what's going on and what to do next. You're a saint of a guy to call in for someone else. You're going to live a long time, Ramon, because you've got good genes and a good heart. And God bless you for doing that. Get the MRI, and then we'll talk soon. How's that? Thank you, doctor. I appreciate your time. I really do. All right, Ramon. You find a total stranger today. You do something nice for them. That's how you'll be thanking me. And I look okay. forward to talking to this beautiful 35-year-old woman trapped in a 64-year-old body from San Diego. All okay. right, let's keep going. Who do we got next here, uh, Steve Paulette? Chris in Monrovia. I love Monrovia. Chris in Monrovia, you're on with Dr. Clapper. How can I help? Hey, Dr. Clapper, how are you? Great. How young are you, Chris, and what do you do for a living? I'm 60 years old, and I'm a professional photographer. Oh, wow. That's fantastic. The whole idea that life is dynamic and moving, and for you to be able to capture movement with a still two-dimensional photograph it's got to be one of the coolest things in the world. God bless you. What a rewarding life and job you have. What did your father do for a living? He was a real estate broker. When did you get the bug to become a photographer? When did that happen in your life? You know, it started out as a hobby when I was 19, and I fiddled around with it for over 10 years until my sister uh, encouraged me to pursue it as a career because she could see the passion that I had for it. And when I was 30, I decided that she was right, and I've been shooting for 30 years now. <laughs> you know, a, a very common guest, frequent guest on this show is the great Andrew Bernstein, who did the most incredible book with Kobe Bryant that Kobe Bryant orchestrated for him to do. And they kind of did it backwards. You should get a copy of this book because I will. Andrew Bernstein said when he meets with athletes who want to write a book, he usually shows them all the photographs and then they pick out the ones that they like and then they write the book about the photos and around it. They're different chapters. He said, but when Kobe Bryant asked him to do this book with his photographs, 
It was the opposite. For example, Kobe said to Andrew Bernstein, Andrew, when I used to play against Dikembe Mutombo, he used to cheat. Everybody thought he was the greatest shot blocker with his right hand because he was so tall and strong, he'd block the shot. He'd say, but what everybody missed was that that guy used to take his left hand and pull your jersey down while he was jumping up. He would cheat. <laughs> it looked like his right hand was blocking the shot, but he was actually pulling you down. Andrew, find a picture of Dikembe Mutombo guarding me where he's grabbing my jersey with his other hand. And that's how they wrote the book. And when you look at that book Andrew Bernstein wrote with Kobe, there it is. You see that photo, and it's awesome. So as a photographer, you will love that book with Andrew Bernstein and Kobe Bryant. What did you do to yourself? How can I help you? Okay, so I'm, I've played sports all my life. I'm, I'm in good mm-hmm. shape. I've never had any problem with my shoulders. So I'd love to say I had this you know, great sports injury incident, but – it was so simple that I was holding, a, uh, just finished a cup of coffee in the morning. I was holding mm-hmm. it uh, by the handle in my left hand at arm's length and pouring the, the remainder of it and rinsing the cup in the sink and just turning my wrist from left to right to empty the cup. I felt a twinge uh, in my shoulder. And mm-hmm. so this is just about a week ago and I still feel like I've done something i've tweaked my shoulder somehow by emptying a coffee a coffee cup so at cedar sinai where i'm proud to work for 31 years my whole career we have a term for what you have it's called altacacaritis <laughs> and what it means is you're old <laughs> and what i will tell you is that coffee cup had nothing to do with you injuring your shoulder but what okay. did have something to do with injuring your shoulder is the week beforehand working with a trainer, deciding to put the cornflakes in the top shelf over and over again, the seatbelt, whatever it is that you're doing for photographically with your job, schlepping, lifting, particularly overhead use of your arm, and you tear 95% of a structure, your labrum, your rotator cuff. It could be all kinds of things, but you don't feel it because 95% of it is torn. You're living on the other 5%. How many patients come to me and say, I tore my Achilles tendon? I tore my quadriceps muscle? All I was doing was picking up a pencil next to my desk because the week before you helped your friend move, you got a new trainer, you got a new car. Something happened that exacerbated your anatomy, but you didn't feel it. Then, all of a sudden, you turn one way and bada boom, now you come to me and say, the coffee cup did my shoulder in. No, you ain't that fragile. So you and I need, you pay a fortune every month for premiums in our terrible broken system of medicine. I'm giving you permission. If they say get a second opinion, you tell them you've got a second opinion. With me, Dr. Clapper, get an MRI of your shoulder. X-ray ain't going to be enough. Get the MRI and it'll be my pleasure to help you figure out what's going on. Unfortunately, if you see your doctor, the first thing they're going to say is, we're not approving the MRI. First, you have to go to therapy. What an ass-backwards way to take care of people. You need a diagnosis. There could be a hundred different things that happen in your shoulder. You and I need to see what your anatomy is before I can tell you what treatment to do. And again, don't let them talk you into a cortisone shot. 
a stem cell shot, a synvis shot, a PRP shot, no needles into your shoulder. We're going to be holistic, but first we need a diagnosis. Get the MRI and you will call in and I will explain with Clapper Vision. How's that? Terrific. Thank you very much. All right. You're a total stranger to me. I just helped you today. Find a total stranger. Do something nice for them. That's how you'll be thanking me. Capiche? All right, Dr. Clapper. Got it. Thank you. All right, you. young man. It's a pleasure to talk to you. My pleasure. You too. All right, Bye. Warriors. I got time. I'm going to squeeze one more in. We got an elbow, right, uh, Steve Paulette? Christopher in L.A. By the way, there's no R in the word Christopher. It's Christopher. F-A-H. Right, Christopher? <laughs> Correct. Correct. Good morning, <laughs> sir. Good morning, young man. How young are you? What do you do for a living? Um, I'll be 43 in a, in a couple of weeks, and uh, I do real estate for a living. 43. Get ready, young man. The wheels are coming off the wagon. But you could do. Yeah, you probably well, go to the, the my four-story <laughs> building my office is in. You could go to the top of that building when you were 25, Christopher, and jump off. You'd land on a car. You'd wipe your arms off, and you'd get up, walk, and like nothing ever happened. You're 43. You jump off the top of my building. You ain't scraping your arms and walking anymore. You're getting old, and it's my job and my pleasure to help you. What did you do to yourself? Well, I, that's kind of the perfect interlude right there because, uh, you know, it was, I, I'm fairly good in shape, but kind of haven't been keeping up too well lately, and I uh, mm -hmm. decided to get back into shape and uh, mm -hmm. decided to start surfing again, which I have not done yeah. in many, many, many years. So You listen uh, to the show, you know how much I love surfing, right? Yeah, yeah. So I got okay. back into the water, and, you know, me being me, you know, went from not surfing for many, many years to I'm going to go every single day, and I was going a couple hours a day. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, my elbows were killing me. I heard the conversation you had with a gentleman last weekend on Saturday about the long head uh, bicep tendon, mm -hmm. and he had complained that more of the pain was in his shoulder than his elbow. Um, I have pain in both, but mm -hmm. it's really more in the elbows than in the shoulders, and it's in both so of them. So when, when you I, surf, Christopher, when you surf, you are rotating your forearm in order to paddle. That's called pronation and supination. And the muscle that's responsible for that, you're exactly right. Rotating your forearm so that you can palms down, palms up is your biceps because of where it attaches to the back of the radius bone in your forearm. It rotates your forearm because of it. And you can have a partial tear to that tendon. You're not having surgery so fast. No one's giving you a shot. But you know what? Man, would I love to know what the inside of your elbow looks like. Now, you can rest, you can take a break, and if you feel better, gig is into Hague, you cured yourself. But if this is persisting, man, would I love you to get an MRI and then call me and I can tell you what's up. So give it a chance to rest, Christopher. But if it's not better in a week by just resting, an x-ray is not going to be enough. You get an MRI. You don't need dye injected and call me up and it'll be my pleasure to help you treat what you have so that I can keep you in the ocean from one surfer to another. How's that? I think that's great. It's been about three months that I've been trying to rest. Then you need an MRI, Christopher. You need okay. an MRI, get it done, and you'll call me with it in front of you, the report, and I'll tell you what the hell's going on. 
Thank you, sir. I appreciate it. All right. God bless you. And also, find a total stranger today. Do something nice for them. That's how you'll be thanking me. And thanks so much for I calling, Christopher. I can't wait to talk to you after the study's done. All right, Warriors. That's it for the first hour. Oh, my God, was that fun. Coming up next, I'm going to tell some stories. we got to talk about Kobe Bryant. And most importantly, the legacy of his Mamba Center. Basically, giving back to kids like he was a kid. What he learned and the importance of having fun in sports, in art, as a kid. But it's different as an adult. I'll explain. Coming up next on the Weekend Warrior Show here on 710 ESPN. Check out the Weekend Warrior Facebook Know Your Knee Posts. One of the most complicated areas of the body. ACL, PCL, MCL, patella supplication. Really? Dr. Clapper translates the language of your knee on the Weekend Warrior Facebook page. Simply type in Weekend Warrior in the search bar and click on Doc's picture. Wow, your knee feels better already. Damn right. Like, follow, and feel better Hello there. with the Weekend Warrior Facebook page.